Hello, and thank you for joining us on our Inspire Church podcast. It's our prayer that this message inspire you, that it builds your faith, and that it can help you see how God desires to move in your life. Enjoy the message. When I read the Bible, I do not have a good time um, relating to perfect people. Enoch was so good. How good was he? He was so good that one day he was walking and God said, you're too good for the earth. I'm bringing you to heaven. That makes no sense to me. Melchizedek, they say, is the type and foreshadow of Jesus Christ. I could never hang out with him. He's too holy for me. But you give me, and don't judge me, you give me a Samson, a sister Rahab, hallelujah, don't judge me, you give me a David, and I'm like, man, boy, I get you. Because I can relate to imperfect people. I can relate to people that have had to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. They've had to struggle along the way, but they've been faithful to God, and God has been faithful to them. And the most famous of them all, arguably, is King David. Many remember him as a shepherd boy who took care of his father's flock. Others remind, uh, remember him as a giant slayer. Others remember him as a great king that, divided, that, that united a divided kingdom. Some say he was a tremendous musician. Others say he was a wonderful songwriter. There is much that can be learned from David's life. But I have found that as I study David's life, I learn more from his trials than I do his victories. I learn more from David when I study the valley and I study the mountaintop experience that David had and when you look for the foundation of David's faith you must go to persecution and trial and tribulation because it is there that David's true faith and heart is revealed. David's life was like a roller coaster. It had twists and turns and ups and downs and all around. We don't know where his mother is. His dad leaves him tending the sheep and when the prophet comes to anoint a king, no one says, let's get David. In fact, when the prophet says, do you have another son? They said, what? Uh, yeah, I mean, we got David, man. So we don't see a lot of support in David's life, a lot, of, uh, a lot of good going for his life. But while everyone else apparently had forgotten about David, God remembered David. God had David in his mind because David had God on his mind. And early in his life, David is chosen to succeed Saul as the king of Judah. And at the beginning, everything is going right. He goes from being forgotten on the side of the hill to now being the heir to the throne, anointed by the prophet of God, called by the voice of God. He has killed one of Israel's worst fear. I mean, he is living his best life. Now, I'm living my best life. Now, I mean, everything is going good. He's got 25,672 friends on Facebook. Everything is going everybody's watching his videos everybody loves David and then they don't one day everything's going great and then it's not jealousy and insecurity fills the heart of Saul he knows that his time is coming to a close and he has determined in his heart that he's going to annihilate he's going to kill David and David is forced to live on the run and he spends he spends weeks hiding in a network of caves around the Dead Sea he is literally in a dead place seeking refuge and it is in this place that David opens up 
and he starts making his complaint known to God. He is frustrated with, day, with God's plan for his life. And he starts to sing and to talk to God about it in the cave. David has gone from being forgotten to being anointed and now he is losing everything he has. He loses his position in Saul's army. He loses his wife. He loses his children. He loses his prophet. Loses his advisor. He loses his closest friend. He loses everything. Everything that he has depended on and relied on is taken from him. And I want you to notice the timing of the test. This is after the anointing. This is after the promise. This is important. There's a David in this room that needs to hear this word from the Lord today. There is a test that comes after the anointing. There is a test that comes after the appointment to see if you still trust God like when you had nothing. Because when David had nothing, he had a praise for God. But I have learned that you can become so blessed that you forget to bless the blessor. You can be so blessed that you forget that all praise belongs to him and that every good and perfect gift that you have is not because of who you are or your pedigree or your name, but it's because of the name that is above every name. So God wants to see if after the anointing, can you still bless me? Can you still sing to me? Can you still worship me? After I bring down the walls of Jericho, will you still shout praise like you did when you were fighting giants in the land? After I bring you through the wilderness, will you still praise me like you did when you were fighting for the land that flows with milk and honey? After you crossed the Red Sea, will you still dance and worship me like when you stood there at the Red Sea? David is anointed, he is called, but now everything he has trusted on is taken from him. And realizing he has nothing, he lives in a cave. Pastor Tony, what a depressing sermon. I agree. Let's get better. He has no security, no food, no one to talk to, nothing to hold on to. And it's at that point that David begins to write the Psalms of the cave. The first one being Psalms 142. And he says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. I cried unto the Lord, did I make my supplication? And I poured out my complaint before him. There's nothing wrong with complaining. As long as you complain to the right department. He makes his complaint known before God. And he said, I showed before him my trouble. My spirit is overwhelmed in the, where, in the way in which I should walk. He said, but I cried unto the Lord. And I said, thou art my refuge. Thou art my portion in the land of the living. There's desperation in his words, yet there's still hope in his words. Because he still knows how to cry out to God. Where others would have given up. Where others would have simply complained. David said, thou art my hope. Thou art my help. And as he stands alone in a cave, something is happening. David is about to get his second wind. Hallelujah. In the cave, he writes his second psalm. Psalms 57. He says, be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me, for my soul trusts in you. In the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge and until, until these calamities have passed. And he said, 
he starts praying and he says, I will sing and I will give praise. Awake up, my glory. Wake up, psaltery. Wake up, harp. I myself will awake early and I will praise thee, O Lord, amongst the people. I will sing unto thee amongst thy nations for thy mercy is great unto the heavens and thy truth unto the clouds. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory above thee earth. Psalms 142, Psalms 57 are are written while he has nothing. They're written while he is being persecuted. And we find that in David's life, it does not matter where you find him. Alone on a hillside, hiding in a cave, sitting on a throne in a palace, fighting lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. Fighting in front of Goliath. Wherever you find David, David always has a praise. Wherever you find David, David always has a song. Wherever you find David, you'll find David lifting up, exalting, and magnifying the name of the Lord our God. And something interesting happens. We sang a song this morning about your goodness is running after. It's running after. It's running after us. That's exemplified in David's life. In David's life while he's singing in the cave. You remember there was an old American movie back in the 30s? I'm singing in the rain. Well, this, uh, this sermon is singing in the cave. Because I want to know, can you sing in the cave? Can you sing when you're being persecuted? Can you sing when you don't have an answer? Can you sing when all hope seems like it's lost? Can you still sing? to God. Look at what happens to David while he's singing in the cave, while he's worshiping God alone in the cave. Do you know who walked into the cave? His daddy walked into the cave. His brothers walked into the cave. The desolate of Israel walked into the cave. The mighty men of Israel walked into the cave. What happened? Blessing found David in the cave. Notice, David didn't have to find blessing. Blessing found David. And I'm prophesying to about 1,256 Davids that are in this room today that if you'll give God praise, you won't have to chase a blessing blessing is going to chase you. The goodness of the Lord is going to chase you because your praise is like a magnet that pulls heaven down to the earth. So when you have no faith, praise the Lord. When you have no hope, praise the Lord. When everything is risen up against you, praise the Lord. And I declare to you, goodness and mercy are going to find you. Give them praise in the house. Everything he lost starts coming back to David while he's in the cave. Everything he lost starts coming back to David while he's in the cave. Everything he lost starts coming back to David while he's in the cave. Why did I say it three times? So that it would get inside of your spirit because I'm prophesying to you today that while you sing in the cave of despair everything the devil is stolen everything you lost is coming back to you because no weapon formed against you can prosper so sing in the cave sing in the rain sing when there is no rain sing when you're singing alone sing when you got no one else and then sing when you got a congregation sing until the power of the Lord comes 
down. Give him praise in this house. David's praise has attracted, has attracted blessing. David's praise has attracted the favor of God. Paul and Silas sat in a jail cell singing praises unto God and their praise attracted the liberating, liberating power of the Lord Jesus Christ. There might be a Paul and Silas in this room. You might be one song away from liberty. You might be one praise away from your miracle. And so I want you to read the last psalm that David wrote in the cave. It's Psalms 34. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praises shall continually be in my mouth my soul shall make her boast in the lord and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad oh magnify the lord with me and let us exalt his name together because i sought the lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears listen he didn't say he delivered me from the cave. David's still in the cave. This is what messes me up. He didn't sing this after the cave. He sang this in the cave. They're still trying to kill him. But he says, I sought the Lord and he heard me. And he delivered me from all of my fears. That means that you can still be under persecution. You can still be fighting the good fight of the faith. You might not have everything that belongs from you. But if you'll praise the Lord, the Lord will strip away the spirit of fear that has told you that goodness doesn't know where you live. He says, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him. And he saved him out of all his troubles still in the cave and then he says many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivers them from them all I'm here to tell a David that's in this room that I understand you have lived through many afflictions, many battles, many struggles, but don't let your struggle deter your praise because if you'll sing unto God, that praise will go to heaven and it'll cause heaven to come down to the earth because it is written, God inhabits the praises of his people. When you start singing, God shows up on the scene and when God shows up, he doesn't come along. He brings every blessing, every benefit, all his goodness, all his mercy, all his attributes. When God shows up, healing shows up. When God shows up, salvation shows up. When God shows up, freedom shows up. So if I were you, I would praise the Lord until God shows up. Come on, somebody. Well, you say that's good preaching. But you don't know my situation. Okay. Understood. So, I found a chapter that should take care of that. <laughs> I love the Bible. Psalms 148 gives the list of everything that everything and everyone that has to praise the Lord. It says, praise you the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him from the skies. Praise Him all the angels. 
Praise him, all the armies of heaven. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, twinkling stars. Praise him, skies above. Praise him, vapors high above the clouds. Let every created thing give praise to the Lord, for he issued his command, and they came into being. So it says, praise the Lord from the earth. Praise the Lord, you creatures. Praise the Lord, you creatures of the ocean. Fire, hail, snow, wind, weather, clouds, mountains, hills, trees, cedar, wild animals, livestock, small scurrying animals and birds, kings of the earth and all the people, rulers and judges of the earth, young men and young women, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord. <clears throat> Let me see. <clears throat> Angels have to praise the Lord. Heaven has to praise the Lord. Sun has to praise the Lord. The moon has to praise the Lord. Stars have to praise the Lord. The vapor has to praise the Lord. Storms have to praise the Lord. The earth has to praise the Lord. Fire has to praise the Lord. Hail has to praise the Lord. Snow has to praise the Lord. Clouds have to praise the Lord. Mountains have to praise the Lord. Hills have to praise the Lord. Fruitful trees have to praise the Lord. Cedars have to praise the Lord. Animals have to praise the Lord. Livestock has to praise the Lord. Scurrying animals have to praise the Lord. Birds have to praise the Lord. Kings of the earth have to praise the Lord. Rulers have to praise the Lord. Judges have to praise the Lord. Young men have to praise the Lord. Young women have to praise the Lord. Old men have to praise the Lord. And children have to praise the Lord. If you fall in to any one of those categories, you have to praise the Lord. I need a chair. Can someone bring me a chair just real quick? <laughs> well, that takes care of that. Whew, glory. The anointing's all over my... Could, yeah, could you also pay the bill for that credit card, please? Because If you pick it up, you got to pay it. Oh, man, he threw that up there real quick. Some years ago on my first visit to Singapore, I met with some leaders from the underground church in China one of them is an overseer of churches there and he showed me a video on his iPhone <clears throat> and he said I'm going to show you what it's like in the underground church and I watched Chinese believers sitting on their hands uh, Pastor Steve would you just come hold my mic real quick I promise I won't do anything weird to you they were sitting on their hands like this and they whispered their praise hallelujah 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 it was a powerful powerful video that I was watching they were trembling under the presence of God rocking back and forth he said this is how we have to praise God and I asked them why are they sitting on their hands? He said, because we have to contain their praise. Because when the Spirit of the Lord starts moving in our services, they become so overwhelmed by the Spirit of God that they want to clap. They want to shout. But there's government officials that are in the streets listening. And if they hear them, they'll come and they'll arrest them. And some of them can even face death. So in our churches, we have to contain their praise. This image sticks out in my mind. And he said, Pastor Tony, 
I've heard your testimony. I heard what you've lived through. I've heard what you've gone through. He said these exact words. He said, but I charge you in the name of Jesus Christ. I charge you in the name of Jesus Christ. When you go back to America, you are to sing louder than you've ever sung before. Shout louder than you've ever shouted before. Dance like you've never danced before. He said, for one reason. Because you can. They can't, but you can. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury of Inspired Church, if what I have preached is not enough to cause you to praise God, then I charge you in Jesus' name, you are to praise Him for one reason only. You can. Others can't, but you can. He gave you the breath of life today. He gave you the ability to clap your hands, to dance on your feet, to lift up your voice. So like Psalms 150 and verse 6 says, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. stay standing because that helps me finish one last story there's a great hero of the faith modern hero of the faith named Jack Hayford <clears throat> Jack Hayford tells the story of going to preach in a remote village in a land in a country where the church is persecuted and he went to preach and the witches and the warlocks because witchcraft is real the witches and the warlocks found out that the Christians were going to have a revival and so they came to curse the meeting and they came and they stood outside the stadium and started saying their incantations and all of their voodoo whatever and God knows what they were saying but brother Hayford says that the people of God began to worship the Lord and when the people of God started singing praises to God they testified that the witches and the warlocks closed their ears covered their ears and they said stop stop what you're doing it's hurting our ears stop what you're doing it's hurting our ears when you sing praises to God you're shredding apart the kingdom of hell when you sing praises to God you cause every demonic spirit to cover their ears because it is written the devil must flee so when you praise God tonight depression must go sickness must go illness must go sin must go shout unto God with a voice of Thanks again for joining us. If you have any questions or simply for more information regarding Inspire Church, visit us at inspirechurch.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. It's our prayer that you live inspired by the Word of God and more alive in Him than ever before. Until next time.